Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. That's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie, looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. Hello, American. Happy Wednesday. I hope you had a blessed and joyous 4th of July. Yes, here in the Solomon family at Just the News at John Solomon Reports at Just the News, No Noise, a television show. We embrace America. We celebrate America's greatness. And it was a day of holiday celebration, but also really celebrating the American experience. We had some friends over, cooked out, and really talked about all the things that make America still to this very day a great place to live. And and that is very different than the way that some liberals and leftists uh, behaved on the 4th of July. Uh, the squad, uh, Democrats like Cory Bush and Jamal Bowman, used the 4th of July to blast the United States, to demean us, to demand reparations, to say we're a inherently racist country. And also that accusing America of living on stolen land, Told by enslaved Africans. That's what Bowman said. Bush said the Declaration of Independence was written by enslavers and didn't recognize black people as human. Today's a great day to demand reparations. Hmm. So that's just a little bit of it, the negativity. But Ben and Jerry's ice cream, well, they got in it too. They issued a statement yesterday calling for indigenous lands to be given back to Native Americans, starting with the great landmark that is Mount Rushmore. So not everybody living in this country and living off of its excellence actually appreciates it. In fact, some used its birthday to demean it. Well, that's something to keep in mind. Speaking of demeaning, just a little while ago, the Secret Service has confirmed that additional testing on the white powdery substance found inside the Biden White House was, in fact, cocaine. It was, in fact, cocaine. I know a lot of people are joking about Hunter Biden, but this is a serious matter. If cocaine can so easily flow into the White House, there's a real question about where else is it flowing into? We know why it's flowing. The border is so open. And as so many of our guests remind us, controlled more by the border cartels, uh, the Mexican cartels and American security right now, uh, cocaine can so easily be flowing around that even it gets into the White House. This is a serious matter and a lot of other reasons. We're going to have a great conversation in just a little bit with my good friend Bobby Charles. He is now the national spokesman for AMAC. And of course, it's AMAC Wednesdays, uh, the Association for Mature American Citizens. We love having a conversation with one of their experts every Wednesday. But we also love the fact that Bobby Charles brings with him 40 plus years of amazing experience in the government, as in the State Department, where, where he was a major anti-narcotics 
uh, official, uh, and of course, as one of the great and impactful investigators in Congress back in the 1980s and 90s. He is a fount of wisdom, a fount of knowledge, a fount of perspective, and he's going to kick us off. We'll be talking about that cocaine discovery inside the White House in just a little bit with him. We also got another great guest. I'm really kind of excited. It's the first time I think he's been on this list. Scott Nelson. Uh, he's a retired FBI senior executive who worked for 11 FBI directors and acting directors. Think about that. 11 of them, including two inside the seventh floor of the director's office. He is an extraordinary expert on all things FBI, and we'll have a lot to talk about, including the discovery of cocaine, as well as so many other at the White House, as well as the FBI's reputation, FISA powers, the Hunter Biden investigation. Oh, buckle your seatbelt. This is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. All right. So we're going to take that quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to kick off the day with Scott Nelson, former FBI agent, former senior executive of the FBI, and then Bobby Charles on AMAC Wednesdays. All right. We'll take a quick message from our sponsors, partners, and advertisers. We'll be right back right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I'm really excited to have this next guest on. He is a legend in the in the great history of the FBI. Served for 11, they get a little, 11 FBI directors and acting directors, worked on the seventh floor at times for the FBI, and also received the FBI Star, which is one of the highest awards for valor in the Bureau. Joining us right now, retired FBI agent, good expert on all things security, our good friend, Scott Nelson. Scott, great to have you on the show. Hi, John. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure and my honor to join you today. We love having you on. You have such a big perspective. You saw the original war on drugs as it unfolded in the 70s and 80s and 90s. A lot of people this morning talking about the discovery of cocaine in the White House. I'm sure it's going to turn out to be you know, a simple thing, but I think it's maybe a larger moment for Americans to say, well, if drugs are that ubiquitous right now that they could just walk into the White House. Maybe we have a bigger problem. Your thoughts on the story that everybody's talking about today? Well, John, I think uh, that story is timely, very timely. Cocaine, by definition, is a very bad drug. It creates all sorts of uh, physical and mental issues for users. And it's probably second only to fentanyl, which, by the way, is pouring through our borders in huge amounts. Uh, what's ironic about this cocaine in the West Wing is the fact that it's there at the same time while the president and many other politicians are saying the drug war is over. They're saying that in the same way they said uh, the war in Afghanistan is over, and they pulled the plug on the so-called drug war at a particular time in our country when it's even more important to fight a so-called war. And instead, what they're hoping to do is send social workers out into the homeless streets to get people to stop using drugs that are so addictive that they can't do anything but take them. And to take them, it's they have to have money or they get free needles or whatever. So that cocaine issue in the White House has an awful lot to do with the American developing mentality that says, Drugs are okay. Being induced to crime by drugs is okay because those that do it are, in fact, the underprivileged. And the border is secure, which is an absolute falsehood. The border is wide open. If you talk to any law enforcement or FBI agents down there, they will tell you that the minimum amount of effort is being put in the border. Folks on the terrorist watch list are coming through. Hundreds of folks aged 16 to 24, the, the absolute crime age as, as, as defined in study after study after study. So it's so hypocritical to find cocaine in our White House that we own. It's a people's house. And at the same time, have ended the so-called drug war. And at the same time, allowing that border to be wide open and push more dope in. And the dope is not just fentanyl, by the way. It's cocaine by the kilo plus. Yeah, no, the, a lot of the Border Patrol executives we talk to now say, you know, the cartels have very close to operational control of many of the entryways into this country. That is a, a, a just a jaw-dropping statement to hear the guys on the front line say that. I think you're right on the money with this. It is something that we have to come to grips with because otherwise we're going to be burying a lot more young Americans. The numbers are getting worse by the day. Scott, I want to talk about something that is tied to this. Uh, this story just broke on Justin News as we were sitting here just a few seconds ago. So it's very, very current. 
a new inspector general report came out and it talks about the customs border patrol agency releasing an illegal immigrant who was on the terror watch list. They didn't realize he was on the terror watch list. They released him. And then it was like a comedy of errors trying to get the guy rearrested so he could, didn't pose a danger inside the country. I can't imagine this happening in the, in the vigilant days after 9-11 when we brought all of our defenses up and we got smart about it. Uh, have we gotten a little soft on the, on the, on the prepare, you know, the preparedness and preventing bad people from getting into this country? Yes, we have gotten soft and the softness emanates from an American emerging culture that says good guys are bad guys and bad guys are good guys. And the only only reason somebody's bad is because they've been oppressed and deprived. That's not simply not the case. The terrorist watch list was set up to prevent another 9-11. During 9-11, all, you know, over 3,000 people died in the trade uh, World Trade Centers. And I worked in New York then, and I was 20 blocks north when the second tower imploded. And one of the main reasons that hit us was the FBI just didn't have the ability to dot the I's and cross the T's. They weren't able to understand or learn about a pilot training uh, issue in Arizona where the training was one way. Uh, as a result of that, President Bush and others put together a series of, of, of responsive laws and regulations that were set up to protect Americans from terrorists, the terrorist watch list being one. Unfortunately, the Biden administration and the FBI to some degree are ignoring the threat at the border. And that's not just, John, the threat of cartels, vicious billionaires who are, you know, their activity for a long time has been uh, despicable, but it's also uh, young men in the age 16 to 26 who are on the terrorist watch list. What is happening is we are facilitating the cartels, we are facilitating the terrorists, and we are pointing them towards another 9-11. I hope it doesn't happen. I saw the last one happen. My good friend was the head of security, uh, knew on the third day uh, there, and rushed in and died, and I know pe other people that died there, and I saw it go down, and I think it's, uh, it's very unfortunate that all these things are coming together at a time when we need rules and regulations, but we need them to be enforced fairly and completely, not just uh, politically happenstance. Yeah. No, it's extraordinary. John O'Neill was an extraordinary. I got to meet him a couple times, too, and I know he died that day. He really was a larger-than-life character, but also just so skilled. And he saw this war on terror coming before most people. He was really the the original siren for what we all now are fighting in, in the war on terror. But you do feel like we're backslipping a little bit. A lot of the frontline FBI agents and others tell me, listen, there just isn't the sensitivity in the other agencies to jump on things. And maybe this anecdote merely highlights that. Anything we can do to put the paddles on it and try to get people shocked back into being vigilant so we don't suffer something terrible again? Absolutely. It's, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting when you talk about putting up defenses to, to beat the, the bad guys, the terrorists, the drug dealers. Those defenses include some broad things. They include public perception. How does the public feel about that? Are all immigrants, all illegals legal or should they be screened properly? 
And how do you do it? Do you put up walls, guards, locks, cameras? Uh, what about enforcement? Do you prevent and deter? That's obviously the best way. But today, the drug on war, according to the White House and largely the FBI as well, is over. You talk to anybody at the Drug Enforcement Administration, and they will tell you to the contrary, that the drug problem is bigger and greater and is killing more American youth than ever before. Yet at the same time, we're saying, no, that's not the case politically and socially. So we have some huge contradictions um, out there on on this. Yeah, we really do. And the conflicts are resulting in bad policies because there isn't general agreement in the common sense ways we used to approach these things. We used to have common sense at the core of all of our policies. Seems like we've lost a lot of that common sense the last few years. I want to turn to the Hunter Biden case because a lot of people say, well, all right, the FBI had an informant come in in 2017, trusted, had a prior record. Of course, Christopher Steele had a prior record of trust. He didn't deliver goods as well in 2016. But there's a bribery allegation. There's money that clearly flowed. He came back in 18 and 20 again. And the FBI claims it's still looking at it in 2023. And we've all been in the dark all these years. When you look at that, what's going on from the way you, you know, the, the way the FBI works, probably more than anyone I know. What explains that sort of six year window where a lot of people think, can't you resolve this and figure out if it's true or not? Isn't it extraordinary? I use that word to define one of our American heroes. And in this case, it's extraordinarily bad and wrong and unusual. I look back in history, for example, and some folks may remember the FBI Abscam case where uh, one of our agents put on a white sheet, which was a little, not exactly sophisticated, but it worked, and seven or eight senior congressmen and senators were arrested for bribery. That case, in fact, was handled quickly. I was at FBI headquarters in the unit that uh, managed that case, so I understand the, the issues of bribery. But in the Hunter Biden case, I also understand prosecution. That prosecution of him was downgraded to the point, I mean, I hate this word, but it's called nothing burger, and it, it became a nothing burger. Not only did he avoid paying taxes on a lot of money, but he avoided jail time for a gun-related charge that, that under any other conditions would have been prosecuted much more severely. I mean, we understand if you lie to the FBI title, uh, you know, 18, section 1001, you go to jail in, in a way, or, you, you know, you get charged. But in this case, that was far more serious. I think it's being slow walked by the FBI on the street. That basically means uh, they're dragging their heels. I don't think it's being given uh, sufficient investigative attention because of the politicization of the Department of Justice and the fact that they are bearing down on the FBI and the FBI is lacking uh, leadership at the director level and not, they're not willing to push back. But if you talk to the underlying FBI agents, if you talk to the middle management FBI agents as a rule, and probably 80 or 90 percent of the 10,000 retired FBI agents are in our society of former special agents, you will not understand how the Hunter Biden case has been handled by the FBI because you're familiar with previous cases. And the FBI is powerful, strong. They have all the techni uh, technology. Uh, they're brave. They're honest. They're largely, uh, uh, they have integrity. But in this particular case, 
they're being mismanaged. And the Department of Justice, in my humble view and in the view of many others, uh, they're slow walking this thing and they charge, they undercharged it to a point of it being almost ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting because I, I talked to a lot of frontline agents and I've known them for years and they're disappointed in what they see their agency becoming from the top, not from the bottom. The guys and the gals on the bottom are still working cases like they always did. But there is this real feeling among large numbers of the rank and file who really are doing the great work that the FBI does every day that the folks at the top have lost their moral compass or their compass of fairness and that politics is now the primary focal point of the seventh floor. You used to work in the, in the FBI leadership. You you know, you work for directors who didn't apply politics. Is the perception of these agents real? And if so, what is the fix? Because I think a lot of us, including Americans, you see the polling numbers, FBI becoming increasingly unpopular. That's a problem because we need public confidence in the FBI. What's the, is, is the perception fair? And is, a, is there a fix in their offering? I think the perception is fair, but let me add a footnote to that, John. Please. Unfortunately, over the last few years, and as a result of uh, university and college uh, institutionalizing uh, woke behavior, it seems like many of the younger FBI agents today are smart, they're technically correct, they're focused, but they, in fact, are willing to take a knee before Black Lives Matter and giggle and chirp about it and even receive money, which was taken away because it was a hundred bucks and you can't pay FBI agents. So my concern is number one, I think the agents uh, are, are exceptional and generally feel that the Bureau has been politicized and the perception of the public, according to polls, overwhelming polls, ongoing polls, the trust, the confidence and the support of the FBI has has diminished, has tanked. And I warned Director uh, Ray of this way back in November. Ray, become public. This is a really important letter you wrote, I think, in November last year. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I got the same response that he gave to a former number two guy in the FBI that brought forward these same issues, and that was nada, zilch, nothing. And as Ray says which is really not leadership oriented. He says, I don't listen to the noise. Well, he better start listening to the noise because a lot of the noise is true and it reflects a broad consensus among many of us in law enforcement also, not just the FBI, uh, how we feel about uh, not just the FBI, but other agencies being maneuvered away from crime fighting, away from our, our mission. Fight crime, keep our community safe, keep our communities secure. That's the FBI's mission. And they're, they're, they're not doing as well there as they should. Yeah, no, it's, it's really noticeable. Uh, that letter was so jarring. A lot of people, certainly Republicans seem to have this question, perhaps more than Democrats, but a lot of people are questioning whether Chris Ray is the right guy at the right moment in history for this agency. Your handicapping of his leadership, he's what, six years into this now. So he has a pretty big track record. What's your thinking on the director? Well, uh, you know, I think Director Ray uh, came from a Department of Justice environment, which is very bureaucratic and re- really left-leaning, into a law firm where he made, I'm, I understand, I don't know, $9 million a year, uh, which is probably a great law firm with a lot of brilliant Northeastern University graduates, into a more granular law enforcement environment at a time 
when a previous FBI director polluted the water. And I think Director Ray, and I've never met him, but I've followed him closely. I think he's a smart man. I think he's a nice person. I think he's dedicated, but I think he's leading from the middle. I think what he's trying to do is preserve the values and the integrity of the FBI while at the same time be responsive to the Department of Justice and all the other people. As a result, I don't think he's pleasing anybody. You know, as a result, I think that law enforcement uh, efforts and effectiveness are diminishing. I mean, the public is a place where the FBI gets their information, solves cases and keeps us safe and keeps us secure. The FBI is tied up with the FBI National Academy where they bring folks back to the FBI Academy where I was an assistant director. And, you know, that's a great, the best training agency uh, in the world. And they have a leadership academy there. Director Ray ought to go through our leadership academy or conversely, he ought to go to the uh, Marine Corps Leadership Academy because leading from the middle doesn't get it, particularly in a time like this where there's excess violence and excess crime, burning in the streets, takeovers. Today needs a leader from the front. He can be nice or not, but he ought to lead by fact, not by fiction. And this guy is kind of a fictional director in the middle. He's not serving either side. And as a result, our ship is wandering through this ocean and, and somebody's going to sink it. And the FBI is going to be hurt by that. And the American public by the way, they're going to be hurt even more because they rely on our FBI uh, to keep us safe and to keep us sure, uh, secure. And that's just not happening, happening under our current director. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an extraordinary time. There's no doubt about it. And a lot is at stake in the decisions that are being made. For instance, one of the most important tools that was used early on after 9-11, Patriot Act and Section 702, which was enhanced a little bit, always existed before then. It really is in danger of either not being renewed or substantially modified because of the chronic abuses that keep coming out. How big a moment is this for the FBI? And should the FBI step into the void and say, listen, we hear you. Here's a solution to make sure we don't cheat out in the future because everything they've done to this point has only made the cheating worse. I mean, the numbers released by the FISA court just get worse every year. They should. And what's really kind of interesting and contradictory is several of us have offered to step up and speak up direct to the director, to the American public, based on our experience and what we've done or not done over the years, FISA is absolutely essential. The crooks, the spies, the money launderers, the cartels, the child predators all have access to exceptional online information and technical tactics. During 9-11, we suffered from that and 3,500 plus Americans died in a, in a burning inferno. That FISA uh, process, though, uh, fell victim uh, to FBI executives who went rogue and went political. And therefore, many people are saying the problem is FISA. The problem's not FISA. The problem is management of FISA, which extends to leadership. And it goes to the bigger issue. A lot of many are saying, well, get rid of the FBI. That's that's never going to happen, and it's not the best solution. The best solution is retool the FBI in a legal, ethical way with new leadership 
FISA's a good process, and it works, and we need it, but it was polluted and subrogated by uh, uh, these rogue FBI executives. And I hope, I hope that doesn't result in FISA going away because the crooks, the miscreants, the, the spies, they win, and the American public will lose. There's an amazing moment in my career. It was in the spring of 2017, and it was before I really started working on the Russia collusion story. Two gentlemen showed up at my house. They never told me who they worked for, but they clearly were government officials. Late at night, uh, I thought I was in some trouble when I came to my driveway because uh, they were sitting outside. I was like, oh, did I do something wrong? Am I about to be arrested? Uh, my wife just waved at me from the window. I always I always remember that. It was a pretty funny moment for my wife. But anyways, the, uh, they said to me, that they set me on the trail to doing the reporting I ended up doing unraveling the Russia collusion case. And they said to me, we have to expose this and prevent it, or we're going to lose the very tools that keep you safe at night, sleeping comfortably, knowing that we got your back. That has stuck with me. It's been six years since that moment happened. But they knew that the abuses that they saw in 2016 and 17 were the type of abuses that could eventually negate a tool that they knew was working when used right. And six, seven years later, you say almost identically what they said to me then. That's a lot of wisdom from two different channels where people who you know, practice the law properly know there's a there's going to be a consequence if we lose this toll and yet the people who keep cheating don't seem to stop uh, an incredible moment in our history scott it is such an honor to have you on the show you're uh really when people look at the great work the fbi has done you're like the poster child of, of greatness of what the fbi could and usually is on a lot of days uh and uh, we got to get back to that being it every day and i'm just so grateful to have you on the show today Thank you, John. My pleasure. And uh, thanks for those comments. And we all hope for a return to a better FBI and a safer, uh, more secure uh, American public. Absolutely. That is a wish that I think every American can share. And great to have you on show. We'll be sure to get you back real soon. Thanks, John. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Bobby Charles from AMAC, the national spokesman, great congressional investigator, great State Department official, great anti-narcotics strategizer. He's going to join us next. Yeah, we're going to keep that conversation going about the cocaine discovery in the White House and a whole lot more right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. 
plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know it's Wednesday, so one of my favorite things to do on Wednesday is to have a great conversation with my friends at AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. We always break news whenever we have a conversation with our friends at AMAC, and today's not going to be any different. we got a lot to talk about. The Biden record on governance, people are starting to notice in the American public, and, of course, the extraordinary news that broke over the weekend that's still the number one story on our site, the discovery of cocaine inside the Biden White House. A lot of news happening on that today. So we've got the perfect guest. Former Assistant Secretary of State, actually ran major anti-narcotic efforts for a long time, and of course, was also one of Congress's great investigators back in the time when real accountability was being done in Congress. Joining us right now, the national spokesman of AMAC, my good friend, Bobby Charles. Bobby, great to have you back on the show. John, it's always fun. Always fun. Let's just start with this extraordinary moment. If you told me we'd wake up someday and the big news would be, hey, there's cocaine in the White House. I'm like, that can't be. We got all these security provisions. There's cocaine in the White House. It was just confirmed a short while ago for a second or third time by the Secret Service. Open border, raging cartels. Not a surprise, actually, that cocaine would make its way into the White House, is it? It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's only shocking because some of us continue to maintain expectations that there'd be a president who cared enough about the rule of law to uh, prevent drug trafficking from becoming a, a thriving uh, runaway industry here and uh, killing so many Americans every year. And then just to find cocaine in the White House, to me, it, it's an exclamation point at the end of a very uh, really not just disappointing, but completely disheartening paragraph in American history. I mean, what what it really says to me is that if you step back 20 paces, and this story continues to unfold, whether it was a series of staffers who apparently might be deeply involved or one staffer or, or Hunter Biden himself, it doesn't really matter. The reality is that you have a president and a White House that have have a disregard for the law. They really don't care. And so everything rolls downhill. When the president of the United States uh, can get away uh, literally with almost, uh, you know, with federal bribery and RICO violations and the attorney general doesn't give a damn and doesn't prosecute and doesn't pick up the pen and doesn't even talk about it. In fact, tries to cover up for the uh, for the cover up. I mean, a cover up of the cover up at the IRS about the cover up involving the son and the father. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, the, you know, the, the rule of law becomes a joke. And so you're finding cocaine in the White House to me. The horrifying part about it, John, and it's a very human not really a political issue. It's a human issue. I, I currently live in Maine, have offices in D.C., spend a lot of time for AMAC around. But I will tell you that Americans are seeing in their own hometown communities, you know, just like you see illegal aliens pop up on the local corner, it, it far more prolific is the, is the distribution of all of these drugs, cocaine, heroin, uh, other synthetics, fentanyl, 
uh, and of course, runaway high potency marijuana. All of this is everywhere now. And, and why? Because this administration has basically looked the other way on an issue that is affecting human lives as much as as much as shutting down the energy sector. I mean, it is a really, it, it's, no, it's no surprise that we're losing confidence in government because what we have at the top, John, are people that don't give a damn about rule of law. And this cocaine case to me, uh, look, we lost 108,000 kids last year, a 15% bump up, from, bump up from the preceding year, which was a 15% bump up from the preceding year. I, there was nothing like this. When George Herbert Walker Bush gave, a Bush, gave, a, gave an address to the American people in September of 1989 about the drug issue, he was horrified because we had 5,000 American kids who had died. We had 105, 108,000 last year, and, and law enforcement tells me it'll be 130,000 next year. Yeah, I know. It is just, just stunning. It really is remarkable. The open border, the recognition that everything from uh, the pandemic preparations and mitigation strategies to uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan, it's really taking a toll on Americans' trust in government. And it's funny because Joe Biden came to power with, I'm going to make big government work for you. And in less than two years, he's dropped it 15 points. That is an extraordinary thing. It was nearly half of Americans uh, had government uh, confidence in government when Donald Trump handed the keys over. Now it's down to 31 percent, an all-time ho- we, we, low. We're at the absolute, the lowest in the civilized world in terms of confidence in our government. Not the sort of record Joe Biden was trying to achieve, but he clearly has. Give us some of the ingredients that has driven American confidence down so much. Yeah, good, good, good question, John. And I, I guess I have to think for a moment about that. I, I will say that there's a difference between, you know, during the Ronald Reagan years, and you might even say the John Kennedy and Theodore Roosevelt and Harry Truman years, there was a pushing of the throttle forward and the country was moving forward economically, national security, et cetera. Then there's a, a period of time where you could have, a, a, you know, the thing in, in neutral and might drift backwards. It's different when a president of the United States and those around him you know, particularly this leftist cobble, they they actually put the, the, the car in reverse and drive it, <clears throat> accelerating it backwards. And that's really where we are. We have a, a president who last week with four different Supreme Court decisions uh, essentially acted the role of demagogue in chief. He, he, he literally delegitimized four major textually based decisions of the Supreme Court, saying this court wasn't normal, uh, imagining himself as smarter than they were, telling people in a demagogic way he's going to get them all the money that they didn't get because of the Supreme Court. So you've got a, a, you've got him running down in separation of powers. You're supposed to respect the separate branches. And of course, the Supreme Court does respect the other two branches. Um, so he's running down the Supreme Court. You've got members of Congress who, you know, historically in recent history abused the due process provisions associated with impeachment, but you've got a president who is essentially driving the car backwards. What he's doing is he's he's causing people to have less and less confidence in the institutions that are essential for the sustainment of the republic. So, you know, my feeling, particularly here we are on just after J- July 4th, and I look at it and I say, look, the reason we love America, the reason we celebrate July 4th has nothing to do with racism or leftism or Marxism or except to the extent that we understand that freedom, freedom is always being nibbled away or bulldozed away by big government. And so we celebrate that there were people back at the beginning and who have who lay in cemeteries all over the United States, including in Arlington, uh, where many, many relatives of mine lie. 
who, who understood the sanctity, the imperative nature of defending freedom at every turn. And what does that mean? It means defending the institutions, understanding and believing that we are rightly the most remarkable, this notion that we all have sovereignty and that our combined sovereignty gives us a sovereign self-ruled state is a stunning thing. It didn't happen anywhere in human history until America came along. And by the way, it works. So that's why we celebrate it. We have problems. Of course we do. But, but when you drive the car backwards and you're basically anti-American in what you're doing, you're running down the republic. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Another thing that Joe Biden's been doing is trying to run down the reputations of the Supreme Court and really the whole federal judiciary. A man who in his campaign speech has promised to build up the institutions of government. In fact, every time he doesn't get a ruling he doesn't like, which, by the way, is very frequent in this presidency, loses a lot in the courts, even to liberal judges. He talks down and undermines the legitimacy of the court. Really troubling concern. I've talked to a lot of jurists who I've known in, in town here, and they're really disturbed by President Biden's behavior of not accepting the outcome and suggesting there's something wrong with the court whenever he doesn't win. First of all, have we ever had a president that did it this way? No, the closest we ever came was uh, Obama made an offhand reference that really disturbed a couple of the justices when they were sitting there in a joint session now, uh, you know, almost a decade ago. And in fact, uh, 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 several of them decided not to attend uh, uh, these joint sessions again, uh, State of the Unions again because of that. But we know we, we have you can disagree on the merits, but the ultimate fact is that you have a nonpartisan group of jurists, some of whom are uh, typically they range the gamut from uh, being uh, judicial conservatives, which means they're textual and originalists and they look very hard at the original meaning. And then you have those that are more activist. And I mean, I, I disagree with them, but they're judicially activists. They want to essentially take the role of the legislature. What the president did this last week, which only compounds his disgrace, you know, I consider it a disgraceful undermining of a lot of the Supreme Court decisions during COVID where, you know, people like Alito wrote an opinion that said, no, you are allowed to go to church. And he demeaned that he, he uh, the, the bunch of whole bunch of opinions that he's undermined, John, from the beginning. But, you know, the four that came out last week and, you know, Article one, Section seven, Clause one of the Constitution says very clearly that the president of the United States is not the one that initiates spending in this country. So one of the decisions said, no, you can't take a half a billion dollars of taxpayer money, particularly from people who, by the way, pay their debts and somehow spread it like larder on toast you know, lard on toast for your for your base who you'd like to buy votes from by virtue of forgiving all their educational loans. It doesn't work that way. Look, I took out educational loans. I was proud to have had the opportunity to invest in myself. It took me 10, 15 years to pay them back. I don't regret that for a moment. And I actually think that my own integrity is intact because I paid them back. Um, you know, then they, they, there were three other decisions. One, of course, is the affirmative action decision, which has been long in coming. And it basically, you know, the Asian-Americans sued Harvard. And then, and then in the other case, they, they said, look, it, it's time. Even the originators of after Brown versus Board of Education and the 1965, uh, you know, Civil Rights Act. And it was which is intent, essentially was focused on employment, eliminating discrimination in employment when it was cross applied to education. Um, in the end, they said it's a temporary proposition. It's, it's intended to try to relevel the field. It's not intended to, to permanently favor one race over another race, whoever that race is, um, under any circumstances. In fact, Martin Luther King himself, himself really was angling for the American dream for everybody. He said, I want my kids 
measured by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And then there were two other decisions. And the nutshell in both of them is that Biden essentially over, you know, undermined them, said the court's not normal, decided he's going to restart this loan program. And um, and then he he never stood up for the uh, postal worker who was fired because he, he wouldn't work on a Sunday, even though he tried to make other accommodations. So there's another one. And then uh, and then this Equality Act business. I mean, what he really you know, that decision is about the fact that you can't be actively you can't be actively enforced by the law to do something that is against your conscience in the artistic, particularly in the artistic space and in a space where we're trying to where some party is trying to leverage your talent to support their cause. So, you know, someone who's a Christian can't be said to go, you know, something that's or a Jew or a Muslim or anybody else can't be forced. That's the gist, gist of that decision. You can't be forced to do something that is truly against your conscience, even though we also believe in the counter counterweight that we don't discriminate against others. So, you know, in the marketplace of uh, in the commercial marketplace, people can go find someone else that does something for them and agrees with them. But you can't make me a Christian uh, decide that I have to, you know, pick your favorite thing that that's anti-Christian, but I, I can't go out there and be forced to support and, and do websites for a satanic club. That would be against my Christian values. And, and I, if I'm a Muslim, I can't be forced to do that either. And, I, and if I'm a Jew, I can't be forced to do that either. So the problem here is that you've got very, very basic textual decisions. These are really fundamental. They're not, they're not controversial. And yet you've got, you got a demagogue in the White House who's trying to divide Americans against Americans, whether it's on sexual basis or it's on, you know, race basis or it's on money basis. And it's very disheartening. No, it really is. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break more with our interview with Bobby Charles right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News to become a four-year member for just 
$30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. More with our interview with Bobby Charles right now. I want to turn to one other subject because it's on a lot of people's minds, and I think we're getting a sense of the American judgment on this. I think 55% of Americans disapprove of the sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden is getting in this tax case, even though people now are beginning to tune in. Uh, basically, Joe B- nearly everything that Joe Biden told the American public to get elected in 19 and 20 has been debunked. And then when it gets debunked and it's obvious his son's engaged in tax fraud or tax evasion, they get the deal of all deals. How important is this going to be over the next several months for the Biden presidency? It seems as though the cover-up and the crimes are now both in clear view. Yeah, I think it's going to be very important, John. And I, I, I will say that several things. Americans are smart. They they know. I don't care what your educational level is. I don't care where you live. Americans who really want to see the truth, including moderate Democrats and, and independents, they, they look at this and they, they see what's going on. This was a fig, this was a fig leaf. Uh, they, they, they basically indicted uh, and then had him plea to charges that are nominal, ignoring completely that he's really uh, a co-conspirator in a much larger federal bribery action that involves his father. And that's the reason that they had him do this smaller deal is so that it, 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 it looks like it's some sort of a counterweight. Of course, it's not to the indictment of Donald Trump, both by a New York and, uh, and by the federal prosecutor. And, and then and so it's, it's, it's supposed to you know, make you think that the attorney general of the United States is a fair and balanced guy. Well, actually, he's not. He's, he's, he is in the business right now of covering up for major tri- crimes, chiefly by a president. Uh, this is what the colorable claims look like. Um, this is what the evidence is pointing to is major felony uh, activity by the president of the United States. And of course, his son was a co uh, was a co-conspirator in that and actually was the bag man or the or the front man for for that what appears to be a really uh, a rico type action but the other thing that's happening john and this is why i say the american people are smart is they see that what's happening within this white house and maybe it's jill biden and maybe it's the the left-leaning activists that are around this president and and those on the hill is they're all covering up using this notion that we have a very old man who's having a hard time remembering things. And gosh, we have to be merciful about the way that we think about all these bad acts that he may be involved in. And even if he mixes up things like the Russia being at war with Iraq twice in one week and all these, pro- you see, it just illustrates that he's a, a well-meaning, uh, uh, but not fully equipped fellow. Well, and then of course, the flip side of that is, well, he's not fully equipped. And of course that's dangerous in its own right. But in the end, John, I think what we're witnessing is the is the slow deterioration, accelerating deterioration 
of any notion that this White House really has integrity. And if you don't have integrity, you ought not be leading the country. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And I think that's why his ratings are so low consistently in the polls. He's way, way down. You mentioned racketeering, and I know you've studied a lot. Well, first, you, you saw the racketeering laws applied to drug cartels when you were in the anti-narcotics part of our government. There is a lot more people beginning to say this aloud, and this includes uh, people on the left and the right, that the evidence now in public, now available for all of us to see, does sort of point into a large, uh, uh, you know, sort of a conspiracy where multiple people are working together to make money off the policy decisions that Joe Biden was issuing as vice president. Is it fantasy to think that we're going to, uh, that a RICO prosecution is a possibility? And what are the elements of the racketeering that you see? Yeah, so this is a complicated question, but it's one that we really have to ask right now. Um, racketeering, the RICO um, statute has been stretched by some prosecutors well out of range, but actually this set of activities, an enterprise which is followed by a pattern or practice of illegal activity that has an under, under uh, a predicate act under it, in this case, um, what looks to be a violation of uh, 18 U.S.C. 201, which is a federal bribery act, is the federal, federal bribery violations. I, I mean, it, it really looks like a textbook case of a predicate act that then triggers, because you now see in these treasury documents somewhere between seven and more family members involved, it, 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 it appears to trigger, uh, you know, a, a really a, a fair-minded claim that there's a RICO violation. Now, you, you raise a second question, and this is, I mean, it could be multiple RICO violations. Actually, every one of them becomes one, but, and, and, and actually they're different because they apply to different individuals in different countries at different times while he was vice president. And it's clear that he's the beneficiary and his family are beneficiaries, both of which you don't have to even be a personal beneficiary, but it appears that he is. But in the end, John, there's something else happening here. And that is that I think what we're what we're witnessing is, you know, people will say, well, that he's not going to get impeached because impeachment would take the Senate and Democrats won't go that way. Although I think possibly some of them might for their own benefit, as we have talked about before. And the other thing is that you could argue that impeachment won't happen because uh it, it, it's just too long a process, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I did some deep research recently and you can, I mean, there, there's no law that says you can't indict. There's nothing in the constitution that bars indicting a sitting president for felony acts that warrant indictment. There are two memos, one from the Nixon era, one from the, I think the Clinton era that argue that it would be maybe that maybe the impeachment clause really is the only remedy, but that's actually not true. You, if this president is in violation of federal law to the extent that these documents coming out of treasury appear, then you're going to, not only is he in trouble and the rest of his family's in trouble, but Merrick Garland is in trouble. People who know these facts and are covering them are going to find themselves wishing as some of the Nixon supporters did, that they had spoken up a little earlier about what they also see as a uh, Miss Maller nonfeasance, and in this case, it's mal malfeasance. Yeah, no, it's it's um, an amazing moment in American history, and it really is clear that the American public are awakened not only to the facts and the severity of them, but how much they were misled during the 2020 election. A lot of people involved in that misleading the media, uh, the in intelligence community, uh, the FBI in some cases, and clearly. Uh, Joe Biden and his family. Bobby, before we go, I love my AMAC membership. I used it over the weekend, got some discounts when I was out shopping. You've set up an incredible opportunity for every listener of this show, every reader of Just the News. All folks have to do is go to amac.us slash Just News. You're going to get a discount on the one, three, or five-year membership. I recommend five. It's the best deal and it'll pay for itself. 
in a few weeks. So many different things, news, unique products, discounts. There are so many incredible benefits to membership. But as you look out and you you talk to people about these memberships all day long, when someone goes in for the first time, what are they going to experience when they join the AMAC family? It's an amazing, you know, it's, it's good you use the word family, John, because, you know, I don't come to this because I had to come to this. I come to this because AMAC to me is probably the the best deal on the market. If you care about America, so you want someone to be an entire team, I mean, hundreds of people actively involved and nationwide, more than two million at the state legislative level, trying to get, you know, election integrity back in place. Doesn't mean that you're a pro this or a pro that. You're pro American if you join AMAC. That's the deal. And and the idea is you want to preserve the constitutional values. You want to look after the benefits for senior citizens and not in a craven way, but in a way that creates solvency over the long term. I mean, this is this is an organization that for fifteen years has very methodically been helping Congress and state legislatures pass responsible, solvency-oriented legislation that protects the future of the country. And then you flip the page, you get a beautiful magazine that is filled with really some of the best analysis, I always say far better than Time and Newsweek, honestly, a magazine that gives you hard-hitting, thoughtful uh, reporting as well as as well as well analysis. And then you get daily, I mean, if you go to amac.us as a member, you can burrow into this new site they've got. And, and we I write five pieces a week myself that are cutting edge. Uh, you, you know, you are a centerpiece of a lot of what they do. At the end of the day, John, AMAC is one of those few things. And then, of course, you get all these benefits when you go to where you're going to stay somewhere or a restaurant or medical. Uh, and, and the thing is, there are very few things that are really what you see is what you get. It's the real thing. AMAC is the real thing. And I think in, in a world in which uh, our, our money is becoming worth less and less. Our, our, somehow we, we're devaluing all the great holidays that demonstrate our faith in ourselves. Thank God there is an organization out there that really is the conservative leaning version of any other organization in the world that's for older Americans. Uh, and, it, and, and you get people, you know, nowadays you get people joining it that are in their 30s and 40s because they believe in the country. And, um, you know, I, I guess I would say if you, if you think you might turn 50 someday, get involved because, you know, for $16 and then you can go out five years. And, of course, you're, you're getting a deal that way, too, John. At the end of the day, you're helping save America. And that makes you sleep better at night. Yeah, you are not kidding. Yeah, I use it over the weekend. It's funny. I we had a friend that got they had their first child, and of course, mom and dad aren't sleeping a lot, so we say, you know, we're going to go get them a de- meal out on um, town. So when not one night when they don't feel like cooking, they go get a meal. So we went to AMAC and look, but sure as neck, you can get a restaurant.com certificate. You get fifty percent off. That's insane. We didn't get fifty percent off anything. So we were able to double the size of the gift that we were going to buy for the person. It was really really fun. Just so many different ways that the AMAC. Membership, joining the AMAC family really makes a difference, folks. So if you haven't done it, I want to challenge you to match me. Go match me on my five-year membership. It's one of my favorite things. Whenever i am got a few minutes, I go back on AMAC and say, what else can I save today? It's just an amazing thing on top of the news and the intelligence and getting to talk to amazing people like Bobby. There is a fun part of this. And so go to amac.us, amac.us slash just news, you're going to get a discount even off your membership, and you're going to start saving and learning and becoming part of an incredibly civic-minded, great family that is AMAC. So join today. Bobby, we love having you on. It's always an honor. We learn a ton. We think big thoughts whenever we get a chance to talk to you. And I am so grateful for that opportunity. I got to tell you. Well, John, you are, I mean, in my book, you're kind of a living legend out there. I don't know that there's an investigative reporter who has, with all the 
with all of the depth that you bring to everything you do, I, I feel honored to be on your show. So thank you. It goes both ways, my friend. And we can't wait to get you back on real soon because a lot's going to happen when Congress gets back next week. I think the heat's going to turn up in Washington, D.C. even a little bit more. Great to have you on. We'll get you back on real soon. Yes, sir. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us. A really important week for all of us to be engaged and to do the things that we think about when we celebrate our great country, America's birthday. We think about freedom. We think about the size and impact of government. We think about the efficiency of government. As Bobby Charles and I just discussed, confidence in U.S. government under Joe Biden, one of the lowest it's ever been in American history. It is rock bottom. And that's because not only does the president and his team talk down government, they have not run government competently. The Afghan withdrawal, the baby formula shortages, the managing of inflation, so many different things that have gone wrong on Joe Biden's watch that, and all of them pointing to a big government that failed us big time. And I think so much of that is now becoming endemic in the conversations we're having every day. So keep that in mind. Thank you for listening. Hey, real quickly, a lot of folks are asking, I want to get involved in this effort, speaking of big government, to eliminate gas stoves, to regulate them out of existence in future homes and future businesses. If you want to join an incredible organization that my good friend Tim Stewart at the U.S. Oil and Gas Association started, you can and you can get involved and try to make a difference. Already, courts have been ruling against some of these hot gas stove bans. There are big uh, civic movements moving against some grassroots movements. The effort to get rid of brick ovens in New York is an ancillary big government regulatory impact on our cooking. Well, join Hands Off My Stove. Handsoffmystove.com is where you go. It is a, a, a citizen group organized by Tim Stewart and the folks at U.S. Oil and Gas Association. Their goal to give your voice power in the debate over what sort of America we're going to live in. What sort of kitchen are you going to have? What sort of appliances are you going to be allowed to cook on and heat your home and heat your water? These are big, epic questions, and they're before us right now. There's no more time to treat them as theory. The Biden agenda is beginning to have real impact on the future way we will live our lives. And Hands Off My Stove is a way for you to get some muscle in the game, to put your shoulder into this very big issue and to tell the government, up. Oh, out of my kitchen, off my back deck, out of my basement. You're not going to tell me how to cook, how to heat, and how to live. That is not the government's business. That is a powerful message. And hands off my stove for just $12 a year. $1 a month is making that. So just go to handsoffmystove.com right now. Get involved. I'm involved. You're involved. We all make a big difference just by having our voices heard and putting our political muscle behind common sense. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us today. A big thank you to Scott Nelson and to Bobby Charles, two big guests who had big thoughts and I think taught us a lot about the world we're living in. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, go to the website, justthenews.com, or download the Just the News apps from the Apple and Android mobile stores. A uh, great way to watch, listen, and read. Hey, by the way, in just a few short weeks, we're going to have a new design of the Just the News website. Took a lot of your feedback over the last year, tried to incorporate it into a new look. We're real excited about it. It should be out in just a few short days. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless you and God bless this extraordinary country of the United States as he always has. Happy birthday, America. Yes, it's the fifth, but we're going to celebrate all week long. 
can't pay the IRS, haven't filed in a while, receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. 